0: in darkness, defined by sacrifice, there is still hope for the multiverse. I am the Watcher. I observe all the transpires here, but I do not, cannot, will not interfere. Only on Disney
1: Plus. <laughs> don't forget
2: to like and subscribe.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another live stream review episode of the MCU's Bleeding Edge. I'm Jeff. Um, I'm going to be moderating this evening with me. I've got my co-host and good friend, Cybernetic Shark. Cybernetic Shark, what's up, brother?
2: Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, he's on mute.
1: We got audio problems. (laughs) That's not good. All right, Cyber...
2: All right, we'll skip, skip him
1: yeah, well, for now. Cyber, <laughs> I'll get back to you in just one second. Um, we've got from the podcast of Champions and uh, Taylor. Good to see you, Taylor. Hey, good to see you. And we've got a new face on the uh, program. Uh, we've got Grayson um, from the podcast B is for Brutal, an MMA podcast that he does with his girlfriend, Deja, who's a uh, – very kind and um, decent person who I've enjoyed talking to and getting to know, um, and he's also the host of the Claw Show that I actually was on recently, um, and apparently uh, was well received. Um, Cyber, yeah, we we still can't hear you, brother. Let me let me see. If you I can't I, hear me.
3: Oh, there, there you is. are. All right, there, there he is. is.
1: All right, you all good, Cyber?
3: Yeah, I'm fine. All right, I don't there. know why there why you didn't hear me. I don't, I don't know, know why. why.
1: It could have been on my end. I don't know. You never know.
3: I don't. Yeah, that was weird because like I was going like this and everything and everything was fine. And I it, I could sound and hear myself and everything. And I heard you guys. So I don't know why I did that. So, Well, either way,
1: folks, we are here uh, doing this live stream review because we are going to be doing a full comprehensive Shang-Chi review uh, and then we're going to bust off and um, do some what if episode six type, you know, breakdown review type talk. Uh, but um basically um i just want to thank and let everybody know out there that ends up catching this when it's not live and it's the video on youtube uh, we really appreciate you uh please uh follow us and um, subscribe and feel free to like us and uh you know um hopefully we'll get some people in the comment section throughout the show here tonight but um let's go ahead and get into it guys um why don't i go ahead and Start off by just playing the Shang-Chi trailers right off the bat, and then we'll jump right into the questions.
0: I gave you 10 years to live your life. Where did that get you? You walked in my shadow. I trained you. So the most dangerous people in the world couldn't kill you. Son, it's time for you to take your place by my side. You better watch out, cause it's my time. That's not gonna happen. to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them.
1: You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother, and whether you like it or not, you are also your father.
0: I told my men, They wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glad I was right. You're just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. I thought I could change my name, start a new life, but I could never escape his shadow. My son, you can't run from your past. you got this
1: thank you all right excellent i'm gonna i'll tell you what guys i'm gonna miss watching those trailers when, when 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 you know we all move past Shang Chi and everything, and it's gonna it's it's I'm gonna miss them. I really I really like those trailers. I really like the 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 music in that second trailer. I like that track. But um, to start things off, going right off the trailers, um, I want to go to you, Grayson, right off the bat because Grayson is kind of like an MCU novice. Um, he's never even seen an Avengers movie. So what I wanted to ask you was going in and seeing Shang Chi without an MCU background like we all have, like Cyber and Taylor and I have. Do you did you feel like you understood what was going on with the film? Did you feel like you got the story and everything? And Oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even see the trailer going into it, but I was like, All right, this is this dude's dad. He's got some magic rings and uh he's trying to bring back his dead wife. This is essentially the plot.
1: Yeah. That's basically the gist of it, yeah. So, so you, so you didn't feel like you were, there was anything missing for you or anything like that. Like you felt like you had a good idea what was going on. And
2: when I watched the end credit scene, I was like, "Who are these people he's talking to?" But that's about it. That's understandable. That about it. That's understandable. Um, you know, and we'll get
1: into the end credit scenes, and get, I'll get you guys' opinions on those in just a minute. But I just wanted to ask you that, just because, um, you know, I think it's interesting. Sometimes we don't pay attention to the actual film craft when it comes to marvel studios and the fact that they make these films very individually to where anybody can go and watch one and you don't have to have the whole you know connection to the mcu with all the films to know what's going on in them i've seen people go watch avengers endgame and it was their first mcu film and they completely understood what was happening and loved it and had like a wonderful experience and were crying and everything during it so i just think it's interesting it was interesting you know hearing that you know that I felt like Shang-Chi was the kind of movie that anybody could watch and really kind of have a pretty good idea what was going on. But um, so Shang-Chi stars C, uh, Simu Lu um, and Aquafina, obviously. Um, and the whole initial part of the film is all about them, sort of an introduction. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, starting with you, Cyber, and then going to you, Taylor, and then Grayson, you can roll in in the back. Um, how did Aquafina do in this movie? Um, did she work for you in the film, Cyber?
3: I absolutely loved her. I think she's a great comedian. I've always enjoyed her in anything I've seen her in. Uh, she has a great show, Nora Queens, on uh, Comedy Central that she's absolutely freaking hilarious in. Uh, one of the first movies I ever saw her in was, of course, Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising. And um, <clears throat> so I was kind of familiar with her already. So I knew what she was about coming into the family. And uh, I thought that her, you know, her comedy element added some really great comedy to this film. I already knew coming into this film that it was going to have a lot of comedy elements because they picked her to be in the film anyways because she's that's what she is. She's a comedian. But she also proved that she has a really good, sincere side to her too as well in the film. I liked that she did have some serious elements to her along with the comedy throughout the film. So I really enjoyed her, and I thought she did a good job. Uh, I enjoyed her camaraderie between her and Samu. I thought they did a good job of playing off of each other. And I thought she was just a really great addition to the film. And I really enjoyed her in it. Taylor.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think she did fine. Um, I've seen her before in uh, crazy rich Asians and some other stuff. So I knew she, I knew she could act as well as do comedy. And I think she did. I think she did really good. Uh, I can see how, you know, that personality can rub some people the wrong way and, and put be a little bit off putting for some people, but it didn't bother me at all. I think she did well. I thought the comedy worked very well in the movie. I thought it was very organic. It wasn't forced. Um, and yeah, overall I think the character was, was fine.
1: Um, Grayson, what did you think about so, uh,
2: the beginning part? I liked a lot and on the airplane, especially that was her best scene. In my opinion, when she was making fun of the, uh, flight attendant being like oh do you want the chicken or the beef oh chicken oh we don't have chicken that part was good but as it went on she started to lose me a little more and more how they developed her character throughout it so it started strong and then fell off for me personally and we're going to get in
1: obviously get into like the um the final segment of the film i like to think that like this movie is kind of broken up into three parts you know what i mean you've got like the introduction part with shang chi uh, with, with Simulu um and Aquafina where you they kind of get you we get your their story in San Francisco then you've got like a middle section where um the Mandarin grabs them and we get the whole deal with them them and the Mandarin and everything and the Ben Kingsley meeting and everything and whatnot the you know the, the fake Mandarin um and then there's the third part when they go to um the uh, the village uh what is it Ta- is it Lo? um
4: yeah, I think it was Lo
1: yeah, um and then there's the final battle and everything obviously. Um so uh going right back at you Taylor, um out of the three segments or the three sections of the film, uh was the was there any was there one part that you really enjoyed more than the other parts? Was there anything that didn't really fly for you?
4: I like the whole movie. Um I liked how it was sort of a mashup. I mean, this was the the martial arts movie of the MCU up to this point. But I like how they kind of matched up the different subgenres of martial arts movies. That first section you're talking about was very much of the modern um, Rush Hour, Romeo Must Die, you know, modern type of action uh, grounded martial arts movies. And then there was a little bit of the um, more traditional Shaw Brothers. Kung Fu type movies, and then to the, the the end part went into that other subgenre, which is based on uh, fantasy and inspired by Chinese folklore with mythical creatures and magic. Um, you know, so it kind of went from you know Rush Hour to you know Shaw Brothers to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon to um, I can't even remember the names of some of those fantasy ones, White Worm and, and things like that. Um. so i like the way they mashed it up and I and say and i can see how the, the change in tone and the change in style could be jarring uh, for the audience uh but it, it worked for me i liked i like the whole thing all through
1: grayson uh was there any one part of the movie that kind of didn't work for you or did you feel like it all worked as a, like together well or
2: one thing that stood out to me it, they do it in every movie it seems where there's a fighter He's like, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do about 25 push-ups every morning, and I'm going to be absolutely shredded. I don't like, No other working out at all. Just a couple of push-ups, and I'm going to be ripped
4: it, it, it's for the rest of He does other stuff, too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it seems like he just he, – like, I didn't see him even – you know, he doesn't have a gym membership.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, he does look really freaking, like, ripped and jacked.
2: Oh, um, yeah, he's jacked.
1: <laughs> Without question. The whole time. So um, as far as the, the, the breaking the film down into, like, I guess, you know, again, like three segments, uh, Grayson, um, was there one segment of the film? Was it the in, like the, the introduction um, oh, yeah. that you liked? The intro,
2: oh, the intro was my favorite part because the best fighting scene was at the beginning in the bus. Yeah. That was the best fighting scene to me. And yeah. then once. Once it got, yeah, to more of the floating around, crouching tiger, hidden dragon stuff, I was like, "Uh, all right. And then by the end, I was like, this is nonsense (laughs) to me. I was like, "And this movie, the more you on here, man, I I like to hear that opinion. And I was like, this movie, and it's like they couldn't have shoehorned another BMW in there if they tried, dude. Any opportunity they had to stick a BMW in there. I was like, all right, they obviously sponsored this
1: movie. <laughs> Cyber, what do you think, man? Was there any certain one certain part of the film that stuck out, stood out to you specifically, or did you just like the whole thing?
3: I enjoyed the whole entire film. Uh, I thought every aspect of the film was really well done. I thought they all integrated very well with each other. Uh, I thought the whole beginning sequence where it showed uh, Wen Wu, a.k.a. Mandarin, uh, basically kind of that first thousand years of his life kind of showing you what he went through you know getting the 10 rings and so forth and stuff like that leading to him leaving to be with his kid's mother uh and you know and so forth i thought that was really well done i liked the whole aspect of that i love the you know scenery and all that kind of stuff the the bus fight sequence was amazing um you know, I, it, that was really intense. I thought every aspect of that was really well done. Even the CGI work in that scene was very flawless, too, as well. And I was really impressed with how that looked. I, you know, at sometimes some of those scenes, sometimes you can really tell they're very CGI. This one, they did a really good job of incorporating it all together, and making it very smooth looking, which I was really impressed with. Uh, I love when they go to the, the den over in Asia and, to find his sister. And you know they, we get the brief, brief but you know small part of seeing the Abomination and Wong fight each other, that was really super awesome. Uh, but then kind of seeing Wong kind of like bringing him with him through the portal, that was really cool too. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that takes Abomination a little bit. I love that they remade Abomination look more like his character from the comic books. Uh, but I mean, every aspect was really well done throughout the whole film. I thought there was a lot of great fight sequences throughout the whole film. I absolutely love the final, the dragon at the end of the film, uh, that helps them in fighting against the, the bad creatures. Uh, that dragon was just like, so super cool looking. I really enjoyed that too. So I thought all in all in a whole, each segment was really well done.
1: Okay, guys, um, jumping around a little bit, um, when it comes to the post credit scenes uh, that um, that Klaus didn't really know what was going on and who the characters were and everything, um, was there anything that stood out to you um, with the post credit scenes, um, Taylor and Cyber? Taylor, you first. And then Grayson, I'm, I'm going to frame the question a little bit for you um, differently. But, um, Taylor, what was there anything about the, that, that you, that, any, anything theory wise or anything that pops in your head based off of that stuff?
4: Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't even remember which, which one came first, but the the one uh, that showed his sister now had taken over the Ten Rings organization and was expanding it. Um, that, of course, raised all kinds of questions as what is what is her intention? Does she want to get control of the actual Ten Rings uh, for herself someday and wield that power with her new army that she's built? Or is she planning to use it as a force for good? Who knows? So that that's just a big cliffhanger. Right there, and as far as the other one goes, you know that was the perfect segue into the greater MCU, where he's talking to uh, Wong and Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner, and they're you know examining the rings, and they find out that little tidbit about it's, it's sending a signal somewhere. That's obviously going to get fleshed out in future movies, but uh, the part where um, uh, Bruce Banner says, uh, you know, welcome to the zoo. Uh, and to both of you, so you know you guys are now part of this this you know superpowered universe comes with responsibilities and but it also uh, makes you part of the team. So all in all, I thought thought they were both really good and really uh, set up the uh, the future.
1: excellent. did you um what did, what do you think Taylor Could they have done more with the sister character? um I forgot how to how you pronounce her name uh, Ling. um yeah. Do you think they could have evolved that character maybe more in the in the movie than they did?
4: Well, I tell you, I was really surprised that she was in it as much as she was just based off of the trailers. All I had seen was the two trailers. I literally thought she was going to have one uh, one cage fight and uh, that was going to be her whole contribution to the movie. Maybe she would tell them, yes, you can find him. You can find him in the Castle of Doom or whatever. You know, she would just be some little thing like that. But she came on and she became, you know, she actually teamed up with him. Became a, a big part of the team. Became a, a huge contributor to the whole the whole effort. Um, as far as developing her personal, well, we did see a little bit of her, you know, what she went through growing up, and then how she broke away on her own and created her own little her own little empire and her own, uh, you know, uh, Kumite uh, bar club, whatever you want to call that thing, <laughs> uh, with monsters fighting each other. So uh, we found out quite a bit about her, actually. So I think uh, I think they did it all right. I mean, you know, there's there's always pluses and minuses. You always have to decide what's going to be in the movie and what's not going to be in the movie. And uh, you know, I'm never going to second guess Marvel because they seem to do a really darn good job. So I think they handled her just about right.
1: Cyber, same same two questions to you.
3: <clears throat> so uh, to start off, uh, first talking about the sister. Um, I thought she had great screen time on the in the movie. Simply for the fact that the movie is not about her. It's about Shane chi So he is the main central character. So having even as much time as she did in the film, I think was very, very kind of them of what they kept in the film. It, even if there was more that they filmed, that they took out or whatever, I thought they did a good job of giving her as much time as they did to kind of flush out a little bit of, about that character a little bit you know, along with, you know, Shang-Chi's origin. And I thought, just like Taylor was saying, you know, we saw a background about her, you know, her life, you know, a little bit about her not being able to train with the guys. We saw that, you know, she, um, you know, wanted to start, you know, do her own thing, and we don't know if she's going to be doing the, you know, basically the 10 rings herself. We have no idea. Like, we know that she's going in that direction, but we don't know exactly how far she's going to go with it. And I think that's really cool. And I just really enjoyed her, her whole persona in the film. And I liked her character and I liked how they had her in it along with the other characters and gave us this kind of a a little dynamic going on with the film. And so, you know, her building that whole entire, you know, fighting ring shows that she has what she needs to do to be able to run the 10 ring. So, That also, I think, is kind of a sign of that she's going towards that direction, too, as well. Um, But with the post credit scenes, I absolutely loved the post credit scene with Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner. I thought it was interesting that Bruce is back in human form, but still wearing the sling. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's supposed to be after Endgame that this is supposed to be going on, because I don't recall them mentioning that. Uh, But I think that's interesting. I love the fact that Captain Marvel has the long hair again versus that stupid ass short hairdo they gave her in Endgame, Ugh. and uh, so that was a lot. That was very appeasing to the eyes and that. But that whole concept of that, you know, them, you know Shang Chi and Aquafina becoming a part of that group of people, you know, Bruce basically welcoming them to the fold. I thought was super cool and just like Taylor was saying, a great introduction to them to the further parts of the MCU. And then just the whole commodity that they had with, uh, you know, Wong, I love that they gave him even more stuff to work with and gave him more scenes, and he was a part of it, which I think is really cool, which also I think is a big segue into Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness 2 as well. So I think that's really cool that they're doing that and giving us that, you know, option and so forth. Uh, But pretty much I, I think I touched a little bit on the other scene, you know, showing the sister... Basically, he's taking over the Ten Rings and so forth. Once again, I who knows what direction it's going in. It'll be interesting to see what it does, but it definitely is a segue into the future, into the MCU, just like Taylor was saying. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what else her capacity is. Um, I saw an article recently about her character, and her. she was talking about how her future in the MCU is, and she signed on for several films. So, we'll, we will be seeing the Ten Rings again uh, also, I love the fact that we actually got to see the real Ten Rings flag in this film uh, versus the one we saw in Iron Man 3. They actually had the traditional actual uh, Asian language and the actual symbols and stuff for the Ten Rings. So that was a lot more accurate, too, as well.
1: And what is Awkwafina, But what is Aquafina's role, though? Like, I mean, at the point that you're... That that we're that we're saying that like they're both being welcomed in by Carol Danvers and you know Wong and everything and whatnot. Like, um, you know, uh, what is Aquafina gonna be other than Shang Chi's buddy? Like, do you I mean do you see her like actually participating as like an Avenger?
3: I don't see why she couldn't be.
1: What what would be like would she be like a Shuri or something? Like what would she be? Exactly.
3: Like- like okay. She would be she would be like a sidekick, she would be like a Happy Hogan, she would okay. be like any of those type of characters. I mean, you can never say never because it, anything is possible in the MCU.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. She could she could be like a friend of the Avengers. I don't think she's gonna be I don't know she'd be like a full fledged Avenger because she's not like a superhero, but anyways, Grayson. Um, so like uh like I was saying, um when it comes to the post credit scenes. The characters that you saw that you didn't know who they were. One of them was Wong, who is like Doctor Strange's buddy. Um, he's like a he's like a a a, a sorcerer. Um, and then the chick was Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, uh, Brie Larson, and the other guy was Bruce Banner, the Hulk, uh, but in his human form. Um, so that's what was going on. What did you think, not knowing who like whatever what all who those people were and everything? What did you think of those end credit se- uh, sequences? Grayson, did you just not?
2: I mean, I was like, I, I just kind of assumed they were the Avengers. I was like, these are probably some of the Avengers here. And I I knew the one guy was Mark Ruffalo. I didn't know who he played, though. I was like, well, that's Mark Ruffalo. He's probably in there. So I just was like, I guess he's part of the team now. He's going to go fight some bad guys. And then I figure, you know, this is my prediction, what they're going to do with, with his sister's character. I think there's going to be a scene Rambo three style where they're like, Oh, we're trapped. We're surrounded. And then she's just going to come out of there with her monster army and just save the day last minute. And they'll be like, Oh, here's the monsters to help. And then they'll flank them or whatever. And then she'll help out there. That's how I see that playing out.
1: Well, we'll have to, we'll see what happens. I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised if when they do Shang Chi too, um, she might actually end up becoming the, the villain or one of the villains of the film. And They might actually um, follow the comic book storyline with Shang-Chi and actually have her be like, you know, against Shang-Chi. You know what I mean? Like, um, and them and, you know, and they have to kind of square off at the end. Like, I I don't I don't think that that fight that we saw, that little tiny fight that we saw between her and him in Macaw. um, I don't think that that's the last time we're going to see Shang-Chi fight his sister. Or that that and I don't think that was her like on top on top of her game either, um, but uh, so moving on. Um, so basically, um, when it comes to you know what your likes and I guess your dislikes were for the film, um, I I'm, I almost you know I'm, I'm sure that I know that. Um, all of you guys have a lot of uh, more positives than negatives, you know, as far as, you know, the film goes, just like I do. But, um, Taylor, um, what were your likes and your dislikes with Shang-Chi?
4: My likes were almost everything. Um, I I would have to really think to come up with a dislike and any dislikes I have are, you know, are really small and not, not really, you know, relevant to the enjoyment, overall enjoyment of the movie. The fighting choreography was very good. It, it was, you know, very the, much the traditional Kung Fu uh, style, Kung Fu movie style of fighting for the most part. And that's not my favorite type of fight choreography, but it was really well executed and looked really good on screen. So I really didn't have any issues with that. The uh, they didn't. I, I didn't like the one line, and I wasn't even going to bring this up. But I didn't like the one line where the Mandarin, and I'm going to keep calling him the Mandarin, uh, says, "Don't call me the Mandarin." <laughs> okay, I would have much preferred if he just said, "You know, I've had many names over the centuries, and Mandarin was one of them. but I'm Wenwu or something," as opposed to that joke about it's an orange or it's a chicken chicken dish. It's also the language you're speaking to half the movie. So it's it's more than just that. <laughs> you know, so I don't see anything wrong with, with the, the name of the Mandarin. Being a being a comic book traditionalist. I didn't like that particular line. But again that that's very, very minor. Uh, overall I really really like the movie.
1: Uh, 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 Grayson, uh, your likes and dislikes. Dude
2: yeah. I hate it the bow and arrow stuff in this movie. (laughs) I thought it was absolute nonsense. This girl's like, oh, I guess I'll pick up a bow for the first time. And those bows that they're using have like a hundred pound draw on them, those recurve bows. And then she's just swinging that thing, no problem. And then seemingly can after just a day of training, can shoot 600 yards farther than this (laughs) bow can even shoot through the air and hit, like, a snipe shot that none of these other trained people could. I was like, I guess they had to shoehorn her in there for something. So I guess if she's going to be an Avenger, she's going to be, like, a bow person at this point if she's so good with it that she can snipe like she's got a gun. well, um, That part was pretty ridiculous.
4: One thing in... uh, Avengers have too many bow people already at this point. They have
2: a <laughs> bow person, or they have more than one bow person.
4: <laughs> yeah, we actually. Yeah, we, I, mean, I
1: well, Hawkeye. I, I haven't seen. I, I haven't watched the Hawkeye trailer. I, I'm sa- I'm saving it for my reaction, and then I'm, we're gonna, I, I want to play it on the next week's show, Cyber, so we can watch it and react to it. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but um, yeah, uh. uh Klaus, we have we actually have two two current archers in the MCU right now.
2: <laughs> Is there a sniper, or like they don't want to get these people guns? They're like, no, old technology only.
1: It's very rare that you ever see that you see any of the Avengers using guns at this point. Um, what what? what but what did you what did you like about Shang Chi?
2: Oh, dude, the first third of it was great. I loved the first third. Especially the, the only part I didn't like in the bus scene was when that guy kind of gets on top of him. And they do this in, like, every movie, and I don't know why. It'll never work in a fight where someone gets on top, and you're like, oh, let me just muster the strength to throw him off of me, no problem, and just yeet the guy across the bus. That never makes any sense, but they put that in every movie, so I can't be mad at it just this one. Uh, the car chase scenes were awesome. I liked yeah. all the car chase scenes from, especially when they did it from the top Good point over. So a lot of car chase scenes, you can't tell what's going on. These ones, I thought you could really see what was going on. Good and point. They, were very they well did a thought. really
1: great <laughs> job. That's really great. To, I'm glad you pointed that out because that's something I noticed too. When I watched the movie that the cars, the car chase scenes were really, really decent. They really were. Um, and they had some really nice looking
2: cars too. Yeah. All the BMWs. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they had some nice looking cars. Um what about um like Lord Death Man is in the private chat of like the show and he just mentioned that there was there wasn't enough Death Dealer. Um what did you think, um Kloss? Personally, not 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 having the background of the characters, but seeing that ninja guy, Death Dealer, that fights Shang Chi with the knives with the knives and everything, yeah. like and then having him just, like, die, like, a little while Yeah, later, that was pretty know, like- anticlimactic.
2: I was like, oh, this, especially when he was, like, training him and everything. I was like, oh, this guy. This guy's going to come into play. He's going to come into play. And then he just got schwacked by some, like, brain-eating thing immediately. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's it for that guy then. So- yeah. Okay.
1: Well, there you go, Cyber. What do you think, man? I mean, I again, I'm not trying to poke holes in Shang Chi or whatever, or, or try to like uh, overemphasize a small thing or something like that. I'm not. I'm not trying to do that. But um, what do you think about? Could they? Could it would have been nice if, if they would have had more Death Dealer in the film?
3: I mean, any character, you know, it. There's certain characters people just want more of in a film, no matter what movie it is. Doesn't matter what cinema, what production company put out. There's always going to be those types of characters. Death Dealer, I thought had he had an adequate amount of time on the screen. Um, I'm not sure if he's completely dead. I don't know if this is the last time we're going to see him because you know how the MCU is—they could bring people back to, from the dead. So we never know. They could, you know, do a multiverse thing. He could come back. You never know. But at the same time, I thought that his, you know, him being a part of Shang-Chi's past it's supposed to be kept in the past. And so I think that's why they kind of did what they did with him at the end of the film, where they just kind of got rid of him, because that's a part of Shang-Chi's past. He's trying to move forward and to move on. So I think that's a reason why they did that for the film, I think that the Death Dealer was a great character. I enjoyed him, what I saw of him. It would have been nice to see him do a little bit more action, most definitely. Uh, but what he was in the film, I thought was fine. I didn't th- see anything wrong with it. And uh, I was happy with what they gave of him.
1: Taylor, I actually, I'll be honest with you. i My favorite fight scene from the movie is, de- is the Death Dealer versus Shang-Chi fight scene. Uh, that I thought that was the best. Fight scene out of the in the the whole movie personally with the when they were fighting with the knives and everything i love knife fighting i love seeing somebody fight another person with a knife and like defend themselves without any any weapon or whatever i love seeing that um but taylor uh again if you could if if they think if you could if you could change it do you think maybe from a fan service standpoint it would have been nice if we would have got more death dealer
4: i mean sure just like Cyber said there's always, you know, there's always something else you could do. You could always do something more with this character. Um, I think what they did with him was great. I thought that was a great fight scene. I thought the scenes of him training, you know, as a child, again, like Cyber said, how he was a part of, of Shang-Chi's past was important and worked. You know, sure, if I, you know, if I was in charge, I wouldn't have any discipline and I'd make a five-hour movie like Zack Snyder or something and put everything in there. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> you know, it worked the way it did. And I, I think it's okay that he died because somebody had to, you know, otherwise the whole battle would have been, you know, like a pie fight. No one no one actually died, you know? So someone had to die and he's a tough guy and he died and they chose, you know, and I'm, I'm sure we're gonna see this guy again, but the, the makers of this movie obviously consciously chose um that machete arm guy to be the one who lives and moves on and is now the right hand man of, of the sister in the 10 rings. And I'm not sure why, but I know we're going to find out later. So like I said, I think that's a great character. Um, you know, Marvel has done this with a lot of, of, of the, of the more minor villains. You know, they did it with, um, crossbones and taskmaster and uh, claw, you know, they all had their moment in the sun and then died. <laughs> uh, you know, every, not everyone can live. And they, you know, Marvel has so 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 many characters; they can't make all of them the main character. So I'm just glad that they're they're utilizing them as much as they are.
1: Well, I think it's a it's it's definitely a learning experience because based off of the trailers, my my interpretation going into the film was my expectation was that we were going to see more of like the Ten Rings, and more of like um them showing the training, you know, like uh, with um, Shang-Chi when he was a child and stuff like that, like, you know, that kind of stuff. I thought, I, I kind of thought they were going to go more in that direction. And, um, of course, I also very much believed the the leaks and everything about how there was going to be like a Kung Fu tournament in the film, you know, which never materialized. Um, but I guess, you know, it, again, it's a learning experience that you can't believe all the stuff that you hear about these films. But, um, so, uh, I felt like, for me, um, Michelle, Michelle Yao, uh, was like my, like MVP, like for the film. Like I thought she was excellent, um, in, in her role, uh, for you guys, um, who was like, who stood out to you? Who was like your MVP in the movie? Um, I'll go to you first, Iber.
3: Uh, Samu Lu was my MVP of the film. Uh, cause I wasn't a, you know, I had never seen him in anything else before. I knew that he had been in a Canadian show called Kim's Convenience, where he played a main character for five years. Uh, I knew that he was an extra uh, in the film Pacific Rim back in 2013, uh, but other than that, I had not ever seen him in anything, and so I wasn't familiar with any of his work. So going into this, you know, I wasn't too sure. Oh, how is this guy going to do as the main lead character of this, you know, of this film? And, you know, we can always say, you know, Marvel knows what they're doing and they always cast really well, most definitely. So, you know, I had no really worries there, but at the same time, still, it's like, you know, we can talk about Brie Larson a little bit here. They, she wasn't really the greatest choice, but she still delivered in the movie a little bit. But anyways, Samulu, I just think is he was fantastic. I mean, from the get-go, as soon as he popped on the screen, his chemistry with Aquafina was on point. Amazing, and then just his the way he produced his dialogue, the way he fought, especially in that bus sequence, was just so amazing and totally made me think of like the you know traditional old school like Jackie Chan you know drunken master type of films. And it just he was so good at it, and he really delivered his character. So he was really the big standout for him because from everything that he did throughout the film, his comedy. His acting and his stunt work, his fighting was just really well done. So he was my MVP. He was I, he was the, what I was most impressed with uh, throughout the whole film.
1: Okay, Grayson, who's your MVP?
3: Dude, definitely the dad.
2: I don't know his name. Do you say his name was Chode? Tony Tony Luang. Yeah, the guy from Internal Affairs. That guy. That guy killed oh. it, dude. Because. Oh, especially when he was like on his rampage and he's like, Oh, these are the guys that killed my wife. I'm going to destroy everyone. They know that guy was killing it. And uh, he was willing to go down with the ship too. And I thought he was the best actor uh, of everybody on there too. He really, it was intense. Every time that he like talked, it stole the scene in my yeah. opinion.
1: Yeah, most definitely Taylor. What about you, buddy?
4: Yeah, first of all, I think the whole cast was really, really good. I think they all stepped up and really contributed a lot. And they all, all brought a lot of, uh, re, you know, depth and reality to all their characters, even the, even the, the smaller parts. But I agree with uh, with our buddy here, Grayson, that um, Tony Long. Yeah. And he, he was fantastic. I mean, I mean, this movie was largely his story, you know of his life as a conqueror and a, a, you know, warlord, finding the dream girl in the magical land, becoming a father, playing dance dance revolution with his kids. <laughs> wife gets killed, goes back to the dark side, slices up those guys, starts training his son brutally into to be, a, to be a killer and all that. And then is driven by the soul sucker monster, Trickery, to believe his wife is alive and is, you know, goes to conquer Tao Lo and get his wife out of that cave uh, and gives his life, you know, trying to do that. I mean, what an arc. What a, what a story right there. And he's, he's, you know, he's the villain. He's not even the star of the movie. And he executed it brilliantly. I mean, great actor, the intensity, the, the, the delivery of the lines. And 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 this, of course, goes to the writing also. But not too many lines. He was he was relatively quiet guy. He wasn't making a lot of, you know, uh, James Bond villain speeches about his plan and what he's going to do uh you know <laughs> how he's going to execute everything no he just went about his business and uh he did it so yeah he's the mvp by definitely
1: yeah there's no question that like i don't know if it's just if it's tony long himself or like or, or the or the acting in the movie but that they give they there's this clear indication that him having the rings makes him like extremely confident like wherever he goes you know what i mean like um, which I don't blame him, but um what do you guys think about how the ten rings looked visually? Uh, Grayson, what did you think about how they looked when they when they were actually put in play and and um, and the Mandarin used them? Um, and in the final battle scenes when they when when Shang-Chi fought the Mandarin, did you what did you think about how the, the rings looked?
2: I feel like they're kinda underpowered, honestly. I was like all these things new are just like shoot energy at people, like I don't know. it just seems like there's better superpowers out there, and Tao sounds like a great dish. like I feel like if somebody's like you you want to get some Tao, I'd be like, oh that sounds good. I could go for some Tao that's true,
1: that's
3: true um what do you think?
1: What do you think cyber?
3: I, I liked them visually. I thought they were really good. Uh, I liked how when Shang Chi got them, they changed colors. I thought that was really cool. I think there was a good point in the end credit scene that Wong was saying that these rings are much older than the Mandarin is. That there's more to them than that. So I think that's the reason why we it didn't show very many much power from them in this film because there's a lot more to develop with them. I honestly think that the ten rings are going to become like the Infinity Stones in this next couple phases of the MCU. I think they're kind of going to become the next big threat that if somebody gets them that has enough power, could, you know, use them for, you know, world domination. So I think we're going to be seeing more about that and seeing what they actually truly can do. Because I think, you know, the Mandarin only knew so much of how to use them. You know, he only had them for a thousand years. These things are much older than a thousand years And who knows? They could be alien technology. They could be, maybe they're from the Eternals. Who knows? Maybe there's something that is even more grander than that. So we don't know. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do and see where it comes about, what exactly the rings really are.
1: Taylor, what did you think about the Ten Rings?
4: Well, when I saw the trailers, being a Silver Age comics guy, I was a little disappointed because I'm used to the the actual ten rings with all the different powers that the the you know Silver Age Mandarin used to use. Me too, me uh, too. But I was completely wrong. The way they used them in this movie was brilliant and it was extremely cinematic. As opposed to what the, the, the rings on the fingers would not have been cinematic like this. Uh, I mean, the, the, I, I was trying to, while I was watching the movie, I was trying to count how many different ways they used these things, and and they used them. You know they emit energy they use them as like an extension of the fist they 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 put them in a chain and use it like a whip they use them as a shield they used them as a buzz saw to cut the chest or the heart out of the soul sucker dragon <laughs> you know there was just a, a, dozens of different ways that they utilize these things and again it's all very cinematic it's all seemed to be kind of you know um in, inspired by a lot of the traditional uh chinese kung fu uh different types of weapons at least that you see in the Chinese Kung Fu movies. I don't know if they're actually real or not, but uh, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it looked great on screen. I thought it was really cool. Um, how many different things they could do with these 10 circles, <laughs> which is what they were 10 circles of metal. And yet they were able to do all these different things and it looked, looked really great. So I was very happy with the 10 rings.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was too. And I think you're right. I think that when you really think about it, realistically,
4: Oh, and you could fly with them. I let that part out.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, if they had tried to if they had tried to pull off the comic book accurate ten rings in the movie, it would not have worked. It wouldn't have. It would look it would look stupid as hell. Right,
4: and he, he, he threw them like like boomerangs, you know, and they, and they would come back to him. It was as incredible how much stuff they did.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was great. It really was, and um, I don't. I mean, I'll tell you, Grayson, honestly, um you know i i've got i have some of the same complaints with the film that you do with the bow and arrow thing with aquafina i think is like ridiculous um you know like i i don't know if they're trying to say that maybe because of like her chinese heritage maybe or something she has she has these latent abilities or some something like that i don't know but like uh one thing i will say about aquafina is i think that you got to take into consideration that um They obviously brought her in as, like, a buffer uh, to work with Simu Liu. Like, um, like, you know, they they brought her in for comedic reasons. Go ahead, Taylor.
4: Uh, Yeah, I just want to say, you know, writing 101, the reason Batman has Robin is because the hero has to have someone to talk to. All right? And they chose her because you know, the buddy cop thing, the, the chemistry. The, the the She has the sense of humor and the observations. She's grounded, she's very street, very, you know, very real world grounded as all this magical stuff is going on. She keeps it grounded. Plus again, as she, as he goes through all of his journeys and challenges, he has to have someone to talk to uh, for exposition uh, purposes.
2: And they yeah, and I almost- have, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Grayson. No, go ahead. I almost wish they would have had her be more like in awe of what was going on. Cause she seemed to just, Take it in stride. Like, imagine you are in San Francisco, and three days later, you're in a magical forest. I would be like, what on earth is this? This is crazy. But it, only for like a second, she was stunned in like the bus scene. That was about it. And then after that, she just seemed to be like, okay, I guess everything's ridiculous now. There's animals without faces, hey, and I'm not surprised at it, all. She's about
1: it, man. She's about <laughs> about it. That's Aquafina,
2: baby. Well, yeah, her this- di- The dialogue between the two was great, though.
4: Yeah, this, this is the MCU, so it's not the weirdest thing that's that's happened. Like every every night on the news, you're seeing Hulk and uh, mm, oh, <laughs> <you> know, <okay. laughs> alien invasions and uh, Ant Man. Ant Man was Giant Man came out of San Francisco Bay in one movie, so it's not that unusual in San Francisco these days.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So there, so these, so in this world, people are just kind of used to craziness. They know like the Hulk and that.
4: Right.
2: Yes. Oh, okay i had one question in the with the original 10 rings i tried looking it up but i just got some pictures it, what all did they do like did oh, they each have one, some each one had, an each yeah, each, had an individual
4: yeah, each power each ring had an individual power yeah each ring had a different power one was like freezing one was like yep. heat, one was like um could move objects magnetism
1: yeah
2: yeah energy blasts some of them have like mind control and stuff on this. Yeah, picture. yeah.
1: There's like there's like gods that are trapped in each ring. Like um, oh, from, okay. From, from the, the um, but I mean it's a it's a long story. It, it it has to do with the McLuhan's, and um, we might get the McLuhan's um later on. We'll have to see what happens with the post credit scenes. You never know. Um, that's that for me. The 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 post credit scenes really really helped me a lot with the film because I felt like one of the things I didn't like about it was the lack of the MCU connections in the film. And so for me, I felt like they really paid that off with the end credit scenes, um, both in, in both of them, because it'll be interesting to see where the sister goes with the 10 rings. And then of course, you know, um, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where this whole cosmic, you know, part pops in. But, um, basically, um, you know, as far as the Chang chi film goes overall, as, like, I guess probably, like, your last remarks, basically, like, to kind of wrap things up, um, starting off with you, Cyber. Is there anything that you want to point out specifically about the film that we didn't talk about or anything like that?
3: I would love to talk about Trevor Slattery. Oh, my God. He was absolutely freaking hilarious, bringing him back, and... The fact that they brought him in and he he mentions, he says, yes, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. That was freaking hilarious. And I absolutely love that they brought him back and had him, like, he's able to speak to the no-headed creature. And he helps them get to Tao Low. And, oh, my God, that was, like, freaking amazing. Because I never had problems with him in Iron Man 3. I thought he was hilarious in Iron Man 3. I absolutely loved that they had it where he was this actor. He was pretending to be the Mandarin. I like that concept. I thought that was really funny. You know, because I know a lot of people were up in arms about him not actually being the real Mandarin. And um, I I absolutely loved that he he got brought back in this. And pretending to be, you know, him being, you know, mugged, basically being, you know, stolen from prison by the actual real Mandarin. And then he's actually there, like... Doing his thing and stuff like that. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, But yeah, also, I mean, you know, Abomination being a part in that one scene, uh, getting to fight Wong and Wong taking him back, basically, which we don't know why he was going back with him into the portal wherever he was going. But still, that was just great to see that fight sequence with them. And I thought that was really cool that even though it wasn't a huge scene, it still was just nice to actually see the Abomination again since the Incredible Hulk. And it just was a real joy to see that. I mean, there were so many great things about this movie. And, uh, you know, like I said, I can't say enough about the dragon at the end. The dragon that ends up saving Chang-Chi in the water, brings him up, and then fights the giant, you know, master uh, creature thing. I forget what they were, what they were called. Um, but still, like, I thought that dragon looked so cool and just, like, kicked butt. And I just really enjoyed the whole entire movie.
1: Grayson, um, yes, sir. Last thoughts, last comments on Shang Chi.
2: You know, I kind of wish they would have killed one more good character, and that last part give it a little more weight. And but one part thing that I did like is I was afraid that after they killed the big monster, that all the souls were going to like go back into the people, and they were going to get back up, and none of it really mattered. And I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad that some people stayed dead because it kind of gave some weight to what was going on in a much better way than just being like, oh, and everything's okay now. But yeah, they could have killed off Ben Kingsley. I wouldn't have mind that. Um, (laughs) I was just reading here that the guy, because I looked up Abomination. I was like, who was that? I guess Abomination was played by Tim Roth. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know. That's like they had to probably have paid him and, to do, like, two words, I don't know, <laughs> throughout the whole movie, That's but correct. he's a great actor.
1: If you could make, make some money like that, that there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Oh,
2: yeah. Um, oh, yeah. If I'm Tim Roth, I'm taking that role 10 times out of 10.
1: Yeah. No, Grayson, believe it or not, Tim Roth, there was a – in The Incredible Hulk that, that came out years and years ago, Um, you actually see Tim Roth, and then he becomes the Abomination. You should check it out. It's The Incredible That's Hulk. the one with Eric Banner? That's the review that you watched. from us. <laughs> yeah. Up.
3: Yeah, Edward Norton. Norton.
1: Yeah Edward Norton.
2: Norton. Oh the Edward yep. Norton one.
1: And that, and that's when Hulk and Abomination square okay. off. Um but uh Taylor, uh last thoughts on Shang
4: Chi? Well, um I'm with Cyber. I mean they very could have easily done it in a different way and not used um Trevor. But I'm glad they did. You know, Ben Kingsley is an incredible actor. The character is very amusing uh so i was perfectly happy with that and we um i mean this is such a rich movie and and like you said at the beginning you know there's these these three acts that are all very different from each other we've hardly even talked about Tao Lo and the magical lions and the the foxes with many tails that look like pokemon and uh the dragon <laughs> like i mean cyber talked a little bit about the dragon and the soul sucker and the demons and the uh dragon armor the dragon dragon scale armor that they were using and then the battle between the Ten Rings and the Tao Lo folks and the incredible Michelle Yo teaching uh, Shang-Chi uh, some more fighting techniques to use against his, his father. I mean, it was just so much happening in a relatively short, you know, short movie, which just goes to the, you know, the writing and the editing and the directing of the movie and how great it was but uh we haven't even had time to talk about that whole the whole fantasy aspect of this movie which no, turned out to be no, pretty much, actually, very taylor, much a fantasy
1: i'm glad you mentioned that taylor i don't mean to cut you off but i'm glad you mentioned that because i think that it's important that we we pay service to um before we rush out of this shang chi review i think it's important that we pay service to that fantasy angle like you said and the whole the whole ideal where the mandarin fights his wife and everything and they have that that fight where they're flirting with each other and everything and whatnot. Like that was really great. I loved that. Like, I thought that was really like cool. And I loved, I loved the way it looked. I, I loved Tony Wong, like his acting during all that, like his facial expressions and everything. Um, like during their fight, uh, you know, um, she was able to control the 10 rings. Um, you know, like, which is, which is kind of crazy. Uh, you know, and, and I honestly, um, the, the 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 actress that plays Tony Leung's dead wife or whatever she got a lot of screen time she was out on the, she was a, a big part of the story um you know so i mean taylor anything on that
4: yeah no i agree and again it added so much to uh, the mandarin's story his whole arc i mean we basically saw his whole life in this movie in a nutshell and um the, the scenes that you're talking about the fight with the wife and again, the scene with Michelle Yeoh doing the, you know, I don't know how many, how much fantasy Chinese folklore martial arts movies you guys have seen, but I've seen quite a few of them. And that thing where they move and the, the leaves blow all around them like that, that's very much uh, a trope in, in those type of movies. But it was done, you know, again, done here as a probably as an homage and done very well. And, uh, you know, of course, she was the sister of the Mandarin's wife, so she had a, a very personal stake in it. And I've been a Michelle Yeoh fan for years before some of you guys were born. I was a fan of Michelle Yeoh, written, written VHS tapes from, from Blockbuster and Michelle Yeoh movies from Hong Kong. So, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really good. And I thought the, the, the world building in Tallow was great. Now, I have seen some people online complain a little bit about it, that it was like it seemed a little bit too small. And that, you know, the battle wasn't big enough. But, you know, you can't do a Lord of the Rings battle in every in every movie. You know, you have to have you know, some limits, especially in a, in a in a, you know, origin story like this. That's going to build <laughs> bigger stuff later. So, yeah, I, I was happy with it.
1: I didn't know she was in Tomorrow Never Dies. I didn't realize that. That's yes, a- yeah, mm-hmm.
4: she's a Bond girl.
1: <laughs> was, she, was she in, the, was she, was she in on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.?
4: No. Okay, I'm no. thinking of somebody else. Ming Ming Na Wen is, is on Agents of oh, Shield. Oh, she, okay, she's okay. A star on Agents of Shield, yeah. She plays so she, Agent May.
1: So she was in the a Bond movie. Did she get naked?
4: <laughs> no.
1: no. No. Oh man, that's too bad. No,
4: but she was a Bond girl and she was cool.
1: Lord Deathman knows what I'm talking about.
4: She, she's done a lot of movies with uh, Jackie Chan back in the day too, and a bunch and a bunch yes. with uh Seth Rothrock too.
1: I know, I know mm-hmm. that she, I, I've seen some of the the stuff that she did with Jackie Chan like back in the day. Um. But, um, okay, well, listen, what, we're going to basically wrap this Shang-Chi review. Yeah. Up and we're gonna I got go a quick and...
2: Jackie Chan question. What was that Jackie Chan movie where he's, like, driving the car down all the roofs? You know what I'm talking about? Oh. It was a good one. I saw it recently. It was awesome. I nah, just, no I idea. can't remember the name to look was
1: it that back up. that one of up. the Hong
4: Kong ones? Was it, like, um, Super Cop? Or? Mm. I'm
1: trying
4: to think what was the name of that other one. No
1: clue, cloth. You got
4: yeah,
2: nothing for you on that, brother. Let's see. Yeah, yeah how many movies well, he's been dang.
3: in that he's drove across buildings and movies? You, plug you the- gotta give something more specific, brother. Yeah.
1: Plus, oh, well, plug- well, whatever. You you whatever. Anyway, you, so- hey. you wanna talk yep, about your show is, uh, and plug the podcast and everything before we let you go, brother?
3: Yeah, I got B
2: is for Brutal. If you guys like MMA, UFC, boxing, whatever I talk about at all on there. And then I've got The Claws Show. And if yeah it is not for the faint of heart. So if you're not if you're easily offended, do not come to the collage show. Or if you want to be a hater, come on over and leave some hateful comments. We're always welcome to that. But thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot more than I thought there was to this superhero movie, which was very interesting. I was like, dang, this this shit's deep.
1: Well, it was interesting <laughs> having having your perspective um, you know, based off of your experience with the MCU and everything. I think it was a very valid thing to have you be a part of the show, but um, we'll have you on again soon, hopefully. And I'll be on the Klaus show hopefully soon too. And we'll talk some shit on there. Um, oh yeah. Get into some R rated X rated type type material.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Um, But uh, all right. I'll talk to you later, Klaus.
2: Peace.
4: Peace.
1: All right. So Taylor cyber. What if episode six and I'm going to, I'm really just kind of like going to play it loose with this as far as how we're going to, you know, go around the table on this, uh, on this episode, I'm just going to basically have some really short, concise, um, you know, very direct, simple kind of like topics and questions for you guys, but just to like set things up in what if episode six, the whole premise of it or the title is what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? And it's a very simple. You know, it's the. It's not a complicated uh, story with the with the episode. It's essentially Killmonger shows up and saves Tony from the Ten Rings, and instead of becoming Iron Man, Tony ends up becoming almost like partners with um, Killmonger. And at the same time, Killmonger is like doing all this to use Tony, and he has the same motivations he had in Black Panther, basically S- similar. Um, you know, and. So basically, um, going to you, Taylor, uh, what, what for you were kind of like the um, – what for you were the highlights of the episode? What were like the things that you didn't really care for? Um, what, what were your overall thoughts on the whole episode?
4: I liked it. It was a good, solid episode. It was well well written. I liked that they had a whole lot of uh, MCU characters, like seeing Claw again it was, you know, as there's nothing I disliked about it. it. It was just nothing special about it, in my my opinion. It was, a, you know, a, a pretty standard what if. Here's another story that, you know, in, set in the MCU, if something had happened completely differently, it could have unfolded this way. And it was executed just fine. It was entertaining. But, uh, I mean, that's really that's really all I can say about it. Like I said, it was well written. The and I love the animation in this show. It was fine. I loved seeing all the different characters, General Ross and Pepper Potts and the everybody in Wakanda. And Claw. And seeing how some of the some of the locations that we'd seen before in the movies showing up again here, I thought was really good. Um but like I said, it was nothing mind-blowing about it. Like like, you know, like the Doctor Strange one, I think was a little bit more mind-blowing than this. The Captain Carter one, I thought, had some some really cool aspects to it more than this one. But overall, you know, so- solid episode. No no complaints.
3: Cyber. This was my least favorite of all the episodes so far. I actually was bored by this, actually. Um, I didn't think it was entertaining. I mean, there was a few entertaining things, uh, like bringing back Claw. I love the fact that they brought him back and that Andy Circus did his voice again. Uh I thought that it was interesting that they um you know no but pretty much like it was only Michael B. Jordan, Andy Serkis, and I think Angela Bassett that did the voices again for the characters. I think they had Everyone else was, back.
1: I think, I think no. they had pretty much I think they had almost everybody back, didn't they? No. Oh no?
3: No. Well, no. It, it wasn't Robert
4: Downey Jr., I know that, but I'm yeah. I'm not sure who else wasn't real. That's true. Pepper yeah.
3: Potts wasn't. Um,
4: yeah, yeah you're
1: right. Happy, I, could I could definitely tell that that was not uh Gwyneth Paltrow.
3: Yeah, ha- I think uh, Happy Hogan was John Furbero um yeah. still. Yeah. Um and like I said Michael B Jordan did Killmonger again, USC, and Don Cheadle was um Rhodes. Uh, but pretty much everyone else was not who they who played the original characters in the film. Um but yeah, overall I thought it was the worst episode of What If so far. I just didn't care for it. Uh, and I even think, like, I was, like I said, I got bored by it. I, like, was literally sitting here watching and going, what did I just watch? And, uh, because, like, going from the zombie one and even the Doctor Strange one, it just it blew me how they went from a total hundred to all of a sudden kind of like a... 62 63 yeah, yeah. you it know is, type of is, deal
1: it is surprising cyber because we were just talking about this on the podcast of champions the other day it really felt like there was momentum going with the the series like that's exactly that's how i saw it um i was expecting that we were going to be seeing like the best of the the episodes like towards the end of the episodes so i, I was kind of surprised this was kind of a dud for me too um i was kind of like not impressed by the story i mean i knew what was going on immediately Like it was a very simple, you know, it was, it was well-written. It was, the animation was great. Like, you know, it was, I mean, I, I, I think Taylor's correct with, with his observations, but it's a very simplistic episode, very, you know, very simple. And uh, I I will point out that um, from an animation standpoint, I felt like that, that battle in Wakanda with those um, whatever you want to call them, robots or whatever, were, that was good. I really enjoyed that. I liked that battle, um, with the door melage and everything. I thought they pulled that. They did that really well. And and again, I'm I'm no animation expert, but I felt like the animation in this episode was really good. I thought it was really solid. Um, not enough T'Challa. You know what I mean? Like they they Ch- I think that was Chadwick Boseman, but he was only in yes. the episode for like a minute and a half, and then he was dead. He was dead. Yeah. So I mean, you know, so, what do you think taylor uh chadwick boseman, like to...
4: chadwick boseman did come back for like another minute in the uh yeah. spirit realm scene whatever that is that's when right they drink that's the, right Yeah, like panther stuff <laughs> but uh but yeah you're right he was not in it very much and yeah i mean i agree it, it was not the best episode so far and i, I you know of course we all knew that uh, Killmonger's a villain, so we knew he was gonna do do something yeah. evil. It was pretty easy to piece together what he was what he was trying to do. We knew he wanted to be king of Wakanda.
1: Yeah, I was confused at first, Taylor. Honestly, I when when the when the episode first started, not knowing what the premise was, I was thinking I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if, if he had already hooked up with Wakanda at that point, mm-hmm. and then like they sent him there to like save Tony, or what was going on?
4: Right. You know, I mean so you yeah. know. Apparently, he had just he like he said in the in the, he had somehow intercepted the conversations between Stane and the uh, Ten Rings guys, and hatched himself a plan to save uh, Tony Stark to get on the inside. The only place, the only thing that surprised me, what I what I, what I thought was going to happen when the uh, robot army came inside and got shut off, and he turned them back on again. His plan was to defeat them and become the hero of, of Wakanda. I thought his plan was going to use them to conquer Wakanda.
1: Me too. Me too.
4: And install himself on the throne that way. But instead, he did it through through trickery. That was the only thing that really surprised me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think, Cyber? I mean, I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy seeing all the different characters. It was great seeing Shuri. I mean, I almost would have liked it better if um, they hadn't had that part at the end with Shuri and Pepper Potts and. Killmonger would have been okay. like He would have stayed as the Black Panther. Just because like that, I would have liked that trope. Like the bad guy winning. You know what I mean? Like Would have been okay with me. But what do you think,
3: Cyber? Uh, I mean, sometimes you want the bad guy to win. Yeah, I get that. Uh, but in this situation, no. Because I'm not a big fan of Killmonger. I didn't care too much for Michael Jordan's interpretation of the character. Um, I think we could have seen somebody else portray the character and it would have been better. Uh, cause Michael Jordan, he, he, I feel he's an overrated actor. I honestly don't think he's as great as everyone makes him out to be. Uh, I think he's okay, but like, I mean, even his Creed performance, eh, it's mediocre, you know, but at the same time though, I, I think that, um, with this, this episode, uh, once again, I can't say enough. I just found it so boring and I just found, you know. I mean, yes, there was a lot of the end sequence where they were better than the robots and stuff like that. It was okay. It was pretty cool. And the animation was really well done, and the writing was really well done. And uh, I love that we got a few more, like, big pictures of the Watcher himself uh, yeah. as he's talking. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, and, uh, but all in all, I just thought it was, you know, it wasn't a great episode, and I was kind of disappointed.
1: No, it wasn't the best episode out there. And you know what? Let's. I want to start off on a positive note. So let's go ahead and watch this Marvel Studios Celebrates the Movies, and then we can talk about that, and then we'll close out of here.
2: I love being with people. It's the most incredible thing in the world. What are you doing? Oh, this is nice.
0: That world may change and evolve. But the one thing that will never change, we're all part of one big family. We are Groot. That man next to you, he's your brother. That woman over there, she's your sister.
4: Higher, further, faster, baby. That's right.
0: We're all part of one universe.
4: Wakanda forever!
0: That moves ever upward and onward to greater glory. On your left.
4: a lot of lives.
0: But I'm done running from my past.
2: We have unfinished business. Who's we?
0: something, you fight for it. We're the ones who changed everything.
1: That shit is cool, isn't it, Cyber?
3: Not bad, not bad. I, I mean, it's pretty much just showing images from everything else and the reactions to Endgame. Uh, uh, I could care less about other people's reactions. I <laughs> <laughs> well, All I care about is my reaction. That's yeah, but the Stan
1: about. Lee introduction is great, right, Taylor?
4: Yeah, I thought it was great. I always love hearing Stan Lee. All right, Stanley is, is an icon. And I love seeing all those iconic scenes strung together. I mean, you know, Marvel just just does it right. If you're going to do one of these, a video like this, they know how to do it. It was perfectly edited. Again, hit all the iconic scenes. Hit the, you know, chill up the spine moment.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it that they brought back that uh, end game scene with Cap and everything and Avengers Assemble and everything. That was perfect.
4: And then it rolled right into the current movie's black widow for a minute there i thought you accidentally were showing the black widow trailer (laughs) but then i realized no it was going to black widow and shang chi and then it was talking about the future stuff and showed all the uh logos for the 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 announced movies the marvels and love and thunder and all those
1: it's definitely exciting that that we got a there's a lot of really good movies coming up in the next couple months
4: oh yeah
1: (laughs) um Cyber, what do you think, man? Um, you, I, I have to imagine even even um, as much as you, it, it didn't do that much for you, the, I like the Fantastic Four thing at the end is really cool, isn't it?
3: Yes. That was cool, yeah. I mean, showing that the future is the Fantastic Four. So, I mean, we know that they're coming. They've been talking about it now. Now that they have Fox, they can use it finally. So we'll actually probably finally, event- finally get a decent Fantastic Four that, you know, that's what the Marvel fans have been wanting. I mean, I had no, nothing against the first two that they made with, like, Jessica Alba, Chris Evans, Ian Grufford, uh, Michael Chiklis. I love those films. I think they were fantastic. I enjoyed them. It was just that reboot that they tried to do in 2016 that was horrible. Oh, my God, that movie was just flat out, like, the worst movie I've ever seen.
4: Eh. That was an abomination. That that movie was god-awful. But I agree with you on the, the other two, were, we're fine. I enjoyed them a lot. I, I got them on DVD. I like them. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I hold Marvel at such high standards that I don't see how they can't blow it out of the park with the, their version of the Fantastic Four. We should start seeing some news here soon in the next couple of months about where the pre production's at. You know what I mean? Because they should be rounding out the casting. I would think by in the next couple months that that should be wrapped up and they should be you know starting to actually plan real production um because every, from everything from what I understand uh this film is going to come out like at the end of 2023 basically potentially um and you know it'll be interesting to see what happens it'll be interesting to see who they cast for who I I think that Compared to like Cyber said, that last Fantastic Four film that came out, I mean, I just want to see a comic book accurate thing. the the, the way they did the thing in that freaking uh, that last Fantastic Four film was ridiculous. It didn't even look accurate at all. Um, that was terrible. But um, you know, it'll it be interesting to see how, what they how they cast that. But um, no, I, I really enjoyed that whole that whole video i love i i love the whole stan lee influence um and i thought that was very well done marvel's really good at putting together stuff like that i think they are i think they're they're really good at putting together promotional material trailers stuff like that they do a good job but um just to kind of wrap things up guys um because we basically there's not much really to talk about with this episode of what if this week um and we got we went ahead and got through shang chi uh taylor do you want to plug anything of course you know you're you're coming from the podcast of champions and sakar.freeforums.net do you want to um shout out anybody or
4: yeah i I just invite anyone anyone who's listening anyone who sees this video come join us on the forum it is sakar.freeforums.net i'm sure uh jeff will put it in the in the thing at the bottom there in I the notes under the video and our, our our youtube channel is called podcast of champions where we review uh everything marvel as well as a lot of other stuff um not marvel we do dc we do star wars we do the mandalorian so we look into all the you know whatever whatever uh, we want to talk about and hopefully other people want to hear about it's run by the grandmaster and lord Deathman and archard stanton I'm really just a talking head. They just bring me on to to run my mouth when they need me. They're the ones that <laughs> run the thing. But I, they do a great job. So I invite everybody uh, to come check it out and, and join in.
1: Most definitely. And we'll probably, I'm sure, be getting together to do some kind of review for Dune when Dune comes out in a month. So oh, yeah.
4: We're all looking forward to that one. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. Um, But we still got to get Cyber on there. We got to figure out how the hell we can. Cyber's going to have to take a day off on Saturday so he can come on the podcast for Champions yep that's gonna have to happen that's gonna have to happen
3: um i have to do that
1: cyber do you want to go ahead and plug any of your individual content or anything like that while you have you know while i give you the chance here
3: well of course you know uh, you know if you like our our amazing mcu's bleeding edge you want to check out my other solo content under cyber next shark definitely check that out on youtube uh on twitter on instagram facebook i'm on all those things uh i'm on tiktok i'm on uh pretty much anywhere you can find me you can also find us on rizzle me and jeff are on rizzle and we go on there quite often it's a really fun little app um really great and fun definitely check that out too guys but yeah if you enjoy this stuff i want to see if you're looking for more than just mcu content i do all kinds of movie content on my youtube channel I review everything. I've recently been doing the James Bond films, so getting ready for the newest James Bond when it comes out in November, so uh, check that out if you like, if you're a James Bond fan and so forth and stuff like that, so, um, and I will I will be having my own personal change review up soon on my channel too as well, so, I look forward to seeing that up there too, guys, if you uh, are interested.
1: Which I'll definitely be checking out myself, I'm sure. I may not get through the whole thing, but I'll definitely get – I'll do a couple of minutes at least, Cyber. Um, <laughs> so, okay, well, I mean, just to call things out here and wrap things up for tonight, I just want to thank Taylor very much for coming on again. Uh, we haven't had you in a while, Taylor. It was really good to see you. Uh, Great to you, see you. Taylor's a friend of the program, um, and we've got some um, Infinity Saga reviews coming up when what if ends that I'm sure we'll be seeing Taylor again, probably on here in the future. Um, I'd have to imagine that, that when we get to the Avengers, Taylor is going to want to be in on that panel. Um, Right, right Taylor.
4: Yeah, I would love to. That is my all time favorite superhero movie right there. (laughs) Is it really? Yes.
1: Honestly, that's not a bad pick. I don't want to expound too much on it, but I got to be honest with you. That movie has a special place in my heart. Like, I keep it in its yeah. own spot compared to the other Avengers right. films and everything. Like, they all they all kind of go in their own category for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Even Age of Ultron has its own spot. They're kind of like, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. I feel like years later, people are going to look back and they're going to appreciate Age of Ultron. I you love
4: know? Age of Ultron. I don't have to go years later. I'm not going to be around years later. I love it right now. Okay. (laughs) No, I love it too.
1: It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Any movie, any Avengers movie that, that, that would, that would have came out coming off of the original Avengers film was going to be really having some stiff competition to compete with that, you know? Um, but all right. So basically, you know, for everybody at the MCU's bleeding edge and for the podcast of champions, Sakar.FreeForms.Net for cybernetic shark for Taylor first, For me, Jeff, true knowledge in the house. We're going to say peace out to everybody, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Next Wednesday!